Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Okay, so we released our ACC head coach rankings last week. Be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Today we're moving on to the Big 12, which is now 14 teams with the additions of BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. And before we get to this list, I feel like we just have to say off the top, this was, I don't know, for you guys, and we've talked about Impossible. it a little bit, this was by far the toughest list to make in our entire history of this podcast. Yes. I was going to say yeah. the entire, every year's. Yeah, not so just this season's conferences. Like, yeah. Yeah. So if you see a guy at 12th that you think should be fourth, we we might not even disagree that much because the margins right. are so There's a slim, wide so. array. We're trying it's to. It's also uh, like how you decide best coaches. You know, it's, is it what they've kind of done in their tenure or is it like, you know, factoring with the future? I, when I was trying to answer this question, it was just like, who, which coach do I want leading my program right now? Like, that's, I tried right. to. Hey, Milo. Yeah. 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 He yeah. agrees. We're taking he me. agrees. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. A little dog barking. No problem with that. <laughs> you know, it happens. Yeah. He's a good boy. All right. Let's. Let's get to number 14 now that we've kind of defended ourselves in advance. Right, right. Neil Brown, West Virginia. Um, I don't think this is that uh, that crazy, though, because he has the hottest seat in the conference. Uh, we all thought very highly of him, uh, you know, after his strong success at Troy. But now three out of four losing seasons. He's 14 and 21 in the Big 12. Recruiting, recruiting is towards the bottom of the league. They have a new AD in place, which you know always seems to light a fire under the the struggling coaches. And he's the problem is up, upcoming. He's going to rely on a young and inexperienced quarterback. So most likely, Brown and the Mountaineers really need to hit at that position if the, if he wants to stay around next year. Yeah. Okay. Number thirteen, we go to Dana Holgerson of Houston. And yeah, I mean, I just I think there are no bad coaches in this conference because. Dana Holgerson's a good coach. Um, he had a very solid run for a long time at at West Virginia. At Houston, been kind of a mixed bag. The first couple years uh, weren't good, uh, but then what was it? Twenty twenty one, they went twelve and two, had a, a great season. Uh, lost to Cincy in the in the conference championship, but that's nothing to be embarrassed about. And then last year, kind of par for the program, eight and five. So. Uh, we'll see moving forward. We'll see if that 2021 season was an aberration or if there's there's more good stuff to come. Now, of course, moving up in class to to the Big 12. Yep. Yep. All right. Moving on. We got number 12, a uh, new coach in the Big 12 here. We got Scott Satterfield heading to Cincinnati. Um, you know, those kind of amazing Appalachian State days that he led, they're kind of seeming a little further and further away. Um, now, 12th out of 14th doesn't seem very good, um, but Kind of like Michael mentioned below, uh, before the show, like I st- I still like Satterfield. I think he can do really really I well like in Cincinnati. He's still got some major upside potential there. Um, you know, there Cincinnati's in a good spot because of the talent level that Luke Fickle left for him. Um, you know, and maybe Satterfield just wasn't the right fit at Louisville. Although he still managed to field competitive squads um, yeah, after taking look over at last year. Terrible Louis Louisville was like top 30 in in sp yeah. plus fpi whatever you want to look at like they were still a decent team and he took over a two two win team from bobby petrino and he had a winning record overall at louisville so it's it's not like he had a bad tenure there they were decent so at cincinnati maybe he could do slightly better even really well who knows 
All right, number 11, Kalani Sataki of BYU. And it, it was really hard to – the new coaches, it was hard to kind of place into the – to the mix just because you don't have anything to to kind of history to go on but and i'll admit that my opinion of him has improved i uh i didn't think much of him a few years back just because of the success that he inherited from bronco mendenhall but he's really turned himself around um as he was on the hot seat a few years ago when 11 and 1 was zach wilson their only loss that year was that nail biter at coastal carolina they went 10 and 3 Best the following ever. year yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, went ten and three the following year with very low or much lower expectations. Eight and five this past year, maybe slightly disappointing, but um, I think this year is really going to kind of indicate if he's got the program trending, you know, up or down, um, or you know, if he can at least maintain it. Brought in Ke- Keaton Slovis, um, who's you know been up and down in his career. Um, when I look at recruiting, BYU has hasn't been able to recruit well given the rules in place uh, there. They usually rank in the 60s to 70s, but this year actually boosted it up to about 50, 50th. Um, so he's really going to need to develop these guys, though, as they have to face a you know a, a tougher slate going into the Big 12 each year. Okay, number 10, tough guy to place. We have Oklahoma's Brent Venables, one of the best defensive minds in college football, but zero track record as a head coach. And in his first year, yes, Oklahoma lost some trans transfers, but it wasn't a total mass exodus. Like there was still a lot of talent on the roster and he brought in a lot of uh, quality transfers. So, you know, in today's day and age in college football, you're not expecting a, a total drop off. And, and it was, they went six and seven. They got murdered by Texas. Like their season win total was nine and a half. They were supposed to be good and they weren't. Now there were some injuries and, and there's some excuses there and some close losses, but uh so we'll see. I mean, there's still, I love the way he recruited. That's why he's, you know, not last on this list, right? Like the potential is yeah. very high with him and he's very highly regarded. He's famous, right? I, get, I feel like high school players respect him. Um, other coaches respect him. So if, if he has a bounce back year here, he can vault up this list, right. but he's got to show something on the field as a head coach before he's ahead of some of these guys um, coming up. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all righty then. Another tough guy to place here at number nine. We have uh, Gus Malzahn from uh, Central Florida. You know, you could put him in the top three, and I probably could could buy it. Obviously, his time at Auburn was very successful, and I'm one of those in the belief that he shouldn't have been fired there. Um, I mean, he, he, he won twice as many games as he lost there and never had less than seven wins and his last year was the COVID year and he went six and four and all those were SEC games. So, you know, on a normal season, that's like a nine win team. Um, but at, at UCF, you know, he, he's, he's doing okay. He's two nine win seasons. He took over a good program that was expected to win from Josh Heupel. Um, so it may be slightly disappointing actually considering what they were, they were hoping for, but you know, it's hard to, hard to scoff at nine wins at UCF. So um, there he's recruiting pretty solid, not amazing. I don't know, he's just kind of like even keel right there. So it's it's hard to really yeah. be excited. His offenses are not quite maybe what he kind of first came onto the scene as. So it's not really the Gus Malzahn you kind of liked at the beginning, but he's still good. I think that was like very well put. Yeah. <laughs> just like exactly how I feel Up about and Gus down. Malzahn. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, number eight, Dave Aranda of Baylor. 
Um, he had to be obviously so much higher on everyone's list last year after winning the Big 12, finishing 12 and 2 with a, a New Year's Six Bowl win. Um, but man, he's really had an up and down start to his career at Baylor. Two and seven in the tough year one COVID year, but then 12 and 2, like I mentioned. But then six and seven last year after being the preseason pick to win the Big 12. Um, he has elevated the recruiting a little bit. They're up to like around the fourth spot in the the conference. So it he's a guy again. To our point, he he's hard to pin on this list as it's been turbulent. Um, now he just has to prove if he can be consistent. Okay, number seven we have Texas Tech's Joey McGuire, and there is nothing negative to say about his first year recruiting. Uh, the coaching staff hires just rallying the fan base and then the on-field results everything was good uh most of the coaches ahead of him just have maybe a longer track record of, of success you know it's just been one year for mcguire so it's always hard to put those those guys too too high on the list because you know you just you just never know but um i think especially the next coach on this list is going to be controversial for texas tech fans the fact that he's ahead of uh of Joey McGuire, but I'll let uh, Ryan make that case for us. Yeah, I drew the short straw here having to talk about this guy. Uh, Sark, Steve Sarkeesian at uh, at Texas. You know, I, they were much better in year two under Sark. Um, I mean, still maybe below what Texas is looking for, of course, but um, they just had eight wins, so it's hard to get super excited about that. Um, they were unlucky, though. They were, they were a pretty good team. They're better than an eight-win team, for sure. Um, but still... Eight wins is eight wins on the end of the day. Recruited lights out for that 2023 class, so that's obviously a huge kind of um, feather in his cap. Um, and he definitely has the potential to be, you know, the best coach on this list. I mean, just kind of, of course, the resources at Texas and the potential that you could have there, and it could allow him to be number one on this list by next year. He could win the Big 12, and they could have a huge, huge year. Maybe go win at Bama. Um, but it's hard to put him higher because – he just hasn't he hasn't done it yet. Uh, so you know, I think six appropriate level. If you want to slide him down a couple, I get it. But yeah. you know, I feel good with him I, at six. I think it depends on how you look at last year. If you if you're one of those that just looks at the bottom line results, they were eight and five. It's like, yeah, that's he hasn't proven enough as a head coach to be ranked this high. But if you look at it as you know, they were two and five in one score games, and I'm you more look at the predictive metrics or what the betting markets are valuing that team as then you look at Texas as a lot better last year than the record. So it just kind of depends on how you look at it. And they're supposed to be pretty good this year. So, Right, right. As they All are right. every year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not every year, but yeah. Number five, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State. Uh, last year, I had him near the top of the league. And, you know, if you consider his whole body of work at Oklahoma State, he should be near the top, even even nationally. Five top 20 finishes in the past eight years, multiple 10 win seasons. A couple years ago, remember, he was inches away from making the playoff. Uh, They had that brutal loss to Baylor in the Big 12 title. He has consistently outperformed expectations, always seems to develop quarterbacks in his system very well. But in my opinion, and I, I think Ryan and Michael agree, I usually won't overreact to one season after so many good ones that he's had. But I just kind of get the vibe that it's all not all sunshine and rainbows in Stillwater. Um, last season went seven and six, lost five of the last six games. Uh, been in some controversy the last couple of years. Um, now there's some turnover on the roster and the staff. I mean, he deserves to be in the upper portion of this list, no doubt. 
but yeah. I think we're we're kind of being cautious and not having him higher this year. Yeah, we're hedging a little bit. He deserves to be number one based on his resume, right? right? If you're just backward looking, but forward looking, I'm I'm bearish. So yeah, you know, it's I guess we kind of hedged there, but I, I I wouldn't blame someone for putting him like tenth. They just think I think the run's over. I'm calling it. And it's like sure, fair, but but like I said, he just made the play, almost made the playoff a couple years ago. So it's hard to drop him too low. Um, but let's move on to number four. We haven't forgotten about him, Matt Campbell. Yeah, man. of iowa state he's still made five straight bowl games at iowa state five straight winning seasons in big 12 play up until last year but that's at one of the worst power five programs in history arguably the worst um so he had he had a top 10 finish in 2020 you know last year was a down year one and six in 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 one score games and it's uh, it was it wasn't a good year but i don't think that erases what is still the greatest tenure in Iowa State football history? Yeah, and you know, uh, hopefully he can bounce back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on to number three, Chris Kleiman from uh, Kansas State. Um, this was my number one, actually. Um, believe it or not, we all had different number ones. Um, <laughs> so Kleiman was mine. So why did how come how come he? Oh, you guys averaging? You must have guys had him lower. We all had different number ones. All no, I know, but why is my one guy third? You know, I might yeah, because we were a little bit lower, I guess. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, he took over a <laughs> five-win team. <laughs> bath <laughs> took over a five-win team from Bill Snyder and improved them right out of the gate. He he won eight games in his first season. He was a bit of you know he had an elder statesman team that year. They were expected to be pretty solid, and they were. Then one year of a little bit of a rebuild after that during COVID, which we can all kind of forgive. But the last two years has been really good. Uh, they've won 18 games. And of course, this year, they won the Big 12. I mean, that's just an incredible accomplishment at Kansas State to win the Big 12. Um, so I give them a lot of credit for that. And that's why I, I put him number one. Um, you know, I, I, recruiting wise, he's doing just fine. He's going to be right there pretty much with everybody in the uh, kind of the new Big 12. So, you know, those types of schools not going to keep up with OU in Texas, but he is keeping up with everybody else. And that's, that's good if you're Kansas state. And I think he's a good enough coach to kind of, you know, maybe outperform his recruiting rankings a little bit, at least what he's shown so far. So I don't, I think he's going to keep it going there. I don't see him, you know, uh, slowing down really. I think he's going to keep Kansas state as a perennial bowl team, seven, eight wins, maybe keep going with some surprise, you know, 10 win 11 seasons. Yeah. seems like they got a good good culture. Uh, Number two, Lance Leipold of Kansas, and this was who I had number one, but to our point at the top of the show, it was impossible to pick a number one. Um, <laughs> I, I gave him the number one spot, though, because of his longevity and success at multiple stops. Uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I know it's Division three, but he won six titles in eight years. Um, then at Buffalo, a very, you know, not a historically good program at all. He clearly improved them going from the bottom of the Mac East East. They ended up rising to third. And then in his final three seasons, they won the the division twice, got to three bowl games, which so unprecedented success there. And then he takes over, you know, the arguably the worst power five team in Kansas goes two and 10 year one, whatever six and seven last year. And they lost a bowl game to sec Arkansas in triple overtime. Um, Last year's team, they did things that hadn't been done at Kansas in like 15 years or more. Um, honestly, and it could have been better maybe if Jalen Daniels didn't get hurt. So 
I know in terms of like the overall team strength, they weren't, you know, all that great, but they were incredibly better than what he inherited. Uh, now they got some funding and upgrades coming to the the stadium and the facilities. So he's clearly a good coach. And now we'll just see if he can continue to elevate him. I personally think he can. Yep. You guys both made good cases. I could, I could definitely see them being number one. I had Sonny Dykes of TCU number one. And I, I, I think it makes, I was a little higher um, on him to, to start with. So it kind of makes sense. I, I kept him number one, but I, I just like that he's had success at uh, several FBS stops. Louisiana Tech did a great job uh, going back to Cal. In hindsight, decent job, though. That was his, his worst tenure. SMU did a great job. And in TCU, <laughs> in one year, he makes the national championship. Um, he's also elevated their recruiting. He's done a great job in the portal, kind of adjusting to the, the new age of, of college football. So... I like all of that, and I don't know. I just think – I mean, I, I don't want to overreact to, to last year, right? Like, But I think, you know, like on my national list, he's not going to be like a top five coach or even close to it. He's probably he's not going to be top 10. Might not even be top 15. I don't know. We haven't made those lists yet. But um, but in the Big 12, there isn't a clear elite coach. So yeah. I thought it was it was reasonable to have him number one here. Ryan is frozen, but <laughs> – that's all right. That's we, all right. He can, we he can keep bounce going back. without him. So yeah. let's uh, take a look at the full list again. And uh, Trey, I'll start with you. What, uh, what stands out to you on this list? Well, yeah, you mentioned there wasn't maybe those elite coaches, and that I agree. But I, on the other side, like compared to some of the other conferences, there aren't as many coaches on the hot seat, it seems. like Obviously, there could be some surprises. But I mm-hmm. think like Just to- after, after Neil Brown, you could argue maybe – I don't know, a couple like Holgerson or Sarkeesian if the season is just like an utter disaster. But but really, I'm just looking at Brown right now that's squarely on the hot seat. Other conferences, it seems like there's definitely multiple. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I, yeah, it was just a tough list. Obviously, we've said that a, a million times. Um, I don't really have anything to add other than that, honestly. Yeah. It was just tough. Ryan, you're back. Oh, I'm back. Okay. Got? Great. Yeah. Well, the only thing I noticed was uh, we spelled Kalani Sataki wrong. So it's, it's Stiaki. Yeah, is what we got. Oh, there, whoops. Oh. You, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, throw my wife Sarah under the bus because I, <laughs> wow. But at the same, but you know she made the image, but which thank you so much. <laughs> and also, I told her like ten minutes before the episode, I'm like, hey, I need like thirty images. So really, oh, man. really, it's my fault. Uh, Clutch that she came through with that much. Yeah, I know. It was re- really impressive. Uh, and if 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 Stiaki is the only mistake, then <laughs> yeah, I think things <laughs> will right. be okay. Ryan, I think we could have got away with it. I, but it's probably good that you, there would have been a comment. There would have been a comment. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So it's that's the hardest list to rank and the hardest list to spell. So. Okay. Well, thank you for watching this episode or listening. If you're in your podcast app, this episode of the College Football Bros um as always subscribe to the podcast give it a a thumbs up on youtube and of course let us know your thoughts in the comments below because we we know this is going to have the biggest disagreement so i want to see uh where where your biggest like do you think any any guys should be six or seven spots off of where they're at let us know appreciate that and we'll see you next time